Oh, I definitely misgendered that ghost. I apologize. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. Let's get spooky together. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. My name is Chris, and I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the gore lover, Alexis. Hey, everyone. The cowardly creeper, Ryan. Hiya. And the scream queen, Paris. Hey, sweets. We've got a team member pick this week, this time coming from your girl, Ryan. And we are going to explore some ghostly sites here. But before we get there, we have some follow-up. We totally have some follow-up, you guys. We actually have a lot of follow-up this week. So as you remember, we recently reviewed a movie called Alien, and it actually has a lot of people talking. So first of all, we asked our fans, was it a hack or a slash? 17% gave it a hack, and 83% gave it a slash. So for as like as like well-regarded this movie is, I am surprised that so many people gave it a hack because I'm in that camp of people. Especially since we got a universal slash for The Purge. Yeah, our fans are unpredictable just like us. As far as talking about this movie, Amber said, I gave this a hack. To me, I agree with Paris Nicholson. That's me. This is just one of those movies that has its moments. The action parts had great action, but the rest was too drawn out and lacking. But on the other hand, we have Andre who said this is absolutely a slash. This is my all-time favorite horror movie. Alien revolutionized Hollywood, and even after 41 years, the movie holds up incredibly well. One of my personal favorites. So it just goes to show there's really no wrong way to take horror, but be sure to engage with us on our social media platforms. Also, we asked the real burning question this week was, do you believe in aliens? What do you guys think our results were for that? I'm going to say an overwhelming yes. Yes, 90% is overwhelming. And only 10% have said no, which feels like a healthy balance. We like horror movies, so our, um, I feel like we believe we we like all these like supernatural and all these like, you know, things that can't happen and believe in a lot of stuff like Bigfoot, probably. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> we can suspend our disbelief. <laughs> For sure. Now, let's talk about suspending that disbelief, because this week we're traveling back to 2001 and we're looking at another horror film featuring your boy Shaggy, Matthew Lillard. This movie is a remake of its 1960 predecessor, which told the tale of a nephew inheriting a home from his rich late uncle, a home filled with paranormal entities. This version, though, feels like it's basically Tiger King, but with undead spirits instead of tigers. Now, this week, we're talking about 13 Ghosts. Ryan, you picked this movie. Why did you pick this movie? I remember watching this when I was like, gosh, I, I can't pin exactly, maybe like 14. And it was just a thing at the time. Like, it was a thing amongst my friends and like, so-and-so had seen it and then I needed to see it and we had to show it to other people. And like, I don't know, it, it just has these uh, nostalgic memories for me. And I realized that none of it actually has to do with the movie at all. It all just has to do with how we talked about the movie and everything. Um, <laughs> so I was, you know, going through a list of things. We've There's been a lot of movies reviewed on this podcast. Figured I'd go with something different. So uh, 13 Ghosts it was. This certainly is different. For as much as we have touched upon the supernatural, we haven't really done a whole lot of ghosty stuff. Dude, I kind of like ghosts. Ghosts are fun because you don't have to worry about what they can and can't do. It's kind of the same with the Freddy thing. For sure. A preliminary question before we figure out who has seen this movie before, aside from Ryan, what is your stance on ghosts? Are they real or not? Ghosts are totally real. Just like aliens, ghosts exist. I've had several ghost experiences. My mom has had like a ton of ghost experiences. Uh, ghosts are real and sometimes cool. I don't think I've had a ghost experience before that I know of. Um, if I did, I probably would be scared out of my mind for the rest of my life. So I'm glad they know not to pick on me. I will be <laughs> in an asylum very quick, probably. <laughs> yeah. If you ever get committed, it's because you saw a ghost. Yeah. And then I can't stop freaking out about it and telling everyone. They're like, what? <laughs> but um, yeah, I do believe in ghosts. I think it'd be stupid to think that. I don't know. I'm one of those people that always look at like in pictures and look at the little orbs. I'm like, oh, shit, man. Someone's spirit. No, it's just bad developed picture development, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts, and I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie here. I judge people that believe in ghosts. 
So oh, all of you have here it is. <laughs> it's I I'm coming from the girl who won't say Candyman in front of the mirror though, right? Because it's creepy Ooh. and I don't want to be creeped out in my house. Well, that's also fair. Like you can opt in and opt out of ghosts. So there's no wrong answer. So you don't believe in them then? They're a figment of your imagination. If you can no, opt in and you- opt out. If you choose to believe in them, then you will experience them. If you close yourself off, then you won't have to deal with it. If you say so. My dad used to <laughs> say we had a ghost in, well, he had a ghost in his house and she wore a purple dress and she loved to walk up and down the spiral steps. Who wouldn't? And I didn't see anything. So uh, steps are creepy anyway. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're gorgeous. <laughs> if I was a ghost, that's exactly what I would do. Wear a purple dress and strut up and down the spiral stairs. Yeah, that, that sounds very on brand for Paris. Yeah, just like work a, a, bo- a beautiful staircase. <laughs> so I don't believe that ghosts exist. However, I am I would be open if there was some kind of proof that they did. And I'm talking about actual proof, like actual scientific proof, not this like, I got spooked once and I had like some feelings about some things and some dreams. I would certainly be open-minded. I do like the idea of their possible existence, but it's not something that I will ever sit here and be like, nah, man, my house is fucking haunted. It's not going to be my thing. But I also think that in terms of ghost movies, right, I think like price of admission to like really engage with and be really fearful of ghost movies or demon or possession movies, you have to like have this fundamental level of spirituality that I just do not possess. So this couldn't be further from the kind of topic that's like, I find that I find like alarming or chilling or anything like that. Um, but let's start talking about this movie in particular. Who had seen this movie before between, you know, Paris and Alexis? Um, I actually have seen this movie before. Uh, of course, I don't remember very much at all. I do remember two of the 13 ghosts in this. Um, <laughs> and we could talk about which two later. I think it's a, it's a pretty, pretty iconic duo. Let's say that. Um, but I specifically remember that this was a movie that my mom rented from Blockbuster. That's that's really all I remember. This was like a Blockbuster movie that we had in our house for a week. This is Blockbuster vibes, for sure. <laughs> We're more of a Hollywood video household. It's a Florida thing. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, what is that? Yeah, it's cheaper than Blockbuster. Pretty sure I saw this. Um, I, okay, one, I have seen this movie a few times, um, but I'm pretty sure I watched this like on TV. Maybe it was on like sci-fi or like... TNT, I don't think it's TNT vibes, but uh, <laughs> dinner and a movie, like, <laughs> um, but somehow I had seen it, but it's weird. I'm pretty sure I must have seen it on TV because, you know, they cut so many different things to make it in like an hour, an hour and a half, but I definitely have not seen the first 15 minutes of this movie ever in my life. See, that's funny because when I was going into this, I only knew like three things for sure, right? I knew Matthew Lillard was in it. I knew it was a remake of a movie from the 60s, and I knew Miss Honey was in it from Matilda. <laughs> yeah, I know. Boy, <laughs> was she wonderful. However, so I, I just thought like, okay, I know these things. I've never seen this movie before. What is this? But the first 15 minutes when I was watching it, the second that junkyard scene started, I was like, oh, wait, no, I have seen this. And what does it say that I don't remember anything beyond that, right? Like, it's, it's kind of interesting. Huh. For me, this uh, so this is what I've discovered because I've talked to a few people about this movie. Everyone has specific things that they remember from it, but nobody like really remembers the whole movie. So like for me, as I was watching it the whole time, I was just going, oh, and then I that I remember that thing that's going to happen. And it's just ridiculous. Like there's a scene with a kid in a scooter down a hallway. And I think that's like one of the things that is just stuck in my brain forever. I'll never be able to let that go. But so much of this movie just left all of us. That's what I've learned. It, it all drifted away. <laughs> and I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. Oh, it does. Uh, I, I mean, I remember a lot. I, I just didn't remember that chunk in the beginning. But yeah. I, I, I doubt, I really don't think I've ever seen it. It really might have been cut out on TV. All right, but well, then you're the exception. I also didn't the twist ending either. So I was like, oh, shit. But I don't remember endings, like, even if we just had watched it for the podcast when y'all are talking like damn i did not see that same movie same girl same so this movie uh clearly we all have our own varying histories with it ryan just as you were saying it's really interesting that like we could all remember different pieces of it and you know beyond just paris's standard of like he doesn't remember much of anything about a movie but i would be curious to know how did you guys feel while you were watching this movie as you're rediscovering all these things that you forgot i'm gonna answer with one word and it is regretful oh your pick was regretful 
That's all I'll say. Honestly, I thought the pacing, I mean, tying this into the pacing, I thought it was pretty well. I was like, all right, there's action in the beginning. Y'all are going to hate what I think about this. But the pacing, I was like, all right, there's kills, there's gore, there's all sorts of stuff in the beginning, which kept me going. And then I was like trying to figure out what I remembered and what I didn't. So I don't know. Definitely the first time I watched this, terrified, terrified because of the ghost uh, visually, but like not as scared this time. But definitely, I don't know. I felt... I. I'm going to throw it out there. I felt entertained. Mm, okay. <laughs> like you. I, I would say this movie was an entertaining watch. However, I think where we differ in that is that I found it entertaining because of the commentary I had on about this movie with my girlfriend. Not necessarily like if I was alone sitting in a room watching this movie, I don't think I would have been entertained as I ended up feeling. I think I felt a few different things, right? Like I, I felt um, bewildered confused, <laughs> underwhelmed, uh, and briefly hopeful, just to name a few. But what, what about you, Paris? Um, I wrote down fun, stupid, and entertaining. So kind of in the same boat, the same realm. Um, I was fully entertained. I also love like puzzles. So this was kind of like puzzly. There was that element to it. Um, and as a believer in ghosts, I like ghosts. Uh, I also thought that a lot of the elements seem to have high production value for a movie that may or may not have skimped in other areas. But I, overall, I wasn't mad. I had a good time. I think the perception there of high production value is like a scam when you look at how how well other movies look with less money. It's like, oh, you want this CGI gear thing that's going to turn in the middle of the room? Yeah, that's going to be like several million dollars. It's just unnecessary. I could have actually gone the whole movie without that gear spinning in the middle of the room, to be honest. Yeah. The yeah. Other, I don't know what that the other mechanics <laughs> I enjoyed a lot. The the circle mechanics, that giant gear, we didn't need that to spin faster and faster. It was a really interesting looking house, I'll give it that. This movie still managed, you know, despite that underwhelming sensation, it still managed to surprise me with a character twist. And it surprised me not in the traditional sense of like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. But more so like, oh, they might actually do something interesting here. And then it just kind of fell on weak execution. And I think, you know, that weak execution underscores so many different elements of this movie. And for me, that's actually one of those disappointments is the way the, the ghosts look. Uh, it actually felt like a, a haunted house actor in like you've seen Universal or something like that. But what about you guys? What surprised you or disappointed you? I feel like there definitely were some like. Uh, like scare house moments where it just looked like a, an actor like jumping at you to scare you. Um, but the thing that surprised me was how well some of the effects held up over time, uh, especially like some of the gore effects. There's a kill uh, a little bit towards the beginning, maybe like in the first quarter of the movie that happened. And it's probably my favorite kill. Um, and it still looked pretty convincing. Yes. Compared to, yeah, now. I have a different cut type. You know how we have hot dog style, hamburger style? I have a new cut type for that kill. Ooh, okay. I can't wait to hear it. I cannot wait to hear. Yeah, I was I was actually impressed with how some of the things still looked pretty solid after all these years. I think I was most surprised by how much distaste I have for Matthew Lillard. What? Uh, well. it's it truly is jarring to me the way I cannot separate him from Scooby Doo. Like <laughs> I See, I, I think of him as Scream. I don't know why. Maybe because I watched Scream before I ever watched Scooby-Doo. Probably, yeah. I've also never seen Scooby-Doo, so maybe. I think, it, yeah, I don't know. It's just, and then also another one of those things where it's just like, I can't trust, I can't believe his character. I guess I can trust his character. I can't believe his character. I can't, like, I, I don't know. I think the acting or the choice of actors, maybe, just really threw me off in this movie. That was my biggest surprise and or disappointment it is interesting because i think you have a very talented cast who has proven themselves in so many other things it just kind of misfires in this movie in, in a weird way but yeah and there was like a a relationship that i didn't like i don't know we just got kind of thrown into this thing and then this whole family which is a abnormal family you had to try to figure out who they were to each other which maybe didn't take everyone a long time but for me i was like are they dating or is that his daughter and also, who is this woman that's with them? 
that's i mean clearly one is his son but like i had a whole section of time where all i cared about were who the characters were supposed to be instead of take, paying attention to ghosts that's right <laughs> i was super surprised um on the gore because i recall watching it the first time and i was like oh i, I mean i'm i I just don't remember any of the gore being in it, but maybe that was one of the things I just forgot. But, <laughs> but I was like pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I, I enjoyed it, but like I said, I was like, "Whoa!" Right off the bat, there's gore, which I could appreciate. Yeah, I had forgotten like every single kill in this movie. <laughs> so as they happen, I was like, "Oh, nice." Yeah, same. But with what you're saying about Matthew Lillard, Ryan, I'm with Alexis in that I can't separate him from his character in Scream, but also he is just so jarring. Like right off the top, when we start the movie, he's doing the absolute most and it doesn't really make sense why. And it's like, oh, we get it. Like you're a medium and you're kooky, but like you're also just like drooling in every scene you've ever been in and just like spitting and like why. And that's the key to Matthew Lillard. He's always peak Matthew Lillard. He's always there. He's always at 100. There's never like a zero percent Matthew Lillard. And you're right. The more he gets into a role the more he drools and it is disgusting <laughs> he is like a bulldog drooling is acting in the book of matthew lillard well i think he's really cool he doesn't get on my nerves but i think because he's the person he's supposed to be yes because he he's this extra person also i sometimes get him confused with jamie kennedy but <laughs> that's here and over oh. there <laughs> i could see that who's also in scream <laughs> it's all it all makes sense but i feel like just to wrap up the Matthew Lillard of it all. Um, I feel like what worked so well in Scream is that for most of the movie, you only got like little bits of him, like little bite-sized snippets. And then at the end, it was like he was let loose to do his full Matthew Lillard thing. Whereas this, it was like he was let loose from the start and it just escalated from there, which was just wild. Oh, for sure. When you think about these ghosts, right? I think, Alexis, you mentioned that you found the ghosts and the way they looked like a little scary, a little terrifying at some point in your life. For me personally, I think the only thing I find scary is the fact that someone invested money in this and thought this would be a good compelling way to like portray ghosts. <laughs> Th that being said, whenever it was that I saw this, right, this movie is a question mark in my mind. I don't know wh at what point I saw it. Maybe I would have been more scared in, in 2001 when it came out. But for you who have seen it before, was it scary? I don't think watching it a second time it was um also i was watching it early in the morning um and now i've been having to put it like on number eight because and put my subtitles on because i don't want people screaming upstairs waking up like anyone people were like this demented chick is watching people like scream at like 9 a.m in the morning <laughs> don't hide your true colors the best part of waking up <laughs> you're right i'm like yes gore <laughs> i'm like cooking breakfast i'm like oh cool blood splattering everywhere <laughs> this is great but no i'm telling you when i like what I really remember about this is the ghost and how terrifying they were when I was sleeping, especially the jackal. And then you have the hammer. Those two were super iconic for me. And I, I always just see them all the time. I'm like, God, don't close my eyes. They're going to turn around. They're going to be right there, especially probably the night I watched it. <laughs> but no, nah, not scared now. <laughs> yeah, it's totally not scary now. I think if you're 13, it could scare you. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're you're just coming into horror, if like paranormal activity scares you stuff like that this might scare you a little bit it's really not scary um i do love the ghosts in this i i love them all of them they have their own little personalities um it definitely gets like haunted housey a little bit at times but like what isn't haunted housey when it is like monsters jumping at you you know like it's not one thing it's all these different characters and so it kind of you know it, it's battling to not be that way um and i'm fine with that like it didn't really bother me you know what i heard um is the characters i mean i i don't know if this is like true or not because i've seen trailers and movies and you know chris is like it's pieces of other things and i'm like oh whoa did not know that but <laughs> it looked original but they might be making a series with all the um ghost yes mm -hmm. i did hear of this um you definitely like that i feel like i feel like it would be good i feel like a backstory on each of these ghosts would be cool i totally agree I wish I got that in this movie, though. Yeah, Same. so true. Well, the the backstories do exist. That's the sad part. Like, the creators of this film, uh, they did flesh out backstories for every single ghost. But they mismanaged their timing so poorly that you don't get any of that. Like, you just get, what, a little Matthew Lillard throwaway sentence and... 
and you know, they look a little bit spookier and you're just wondering why there's a giant infant sitting in the corner. Like, you know, I think that's one of like the, the big misses from this movie. It's like they had so much source material to work from and they just kind of dropped the ball in terms of like just conveying that. Yeah. I, my only thing with that, though, to be fair, is like if you started taking me through 13 backstories yeah. or even 10, it's going to be a lot. Like I already had a hard enough time like keeping track of like what goes or what and where they are and if they've made it out or if they haven't. Um, but what I was thinking during this movie is these ghosts have this uh, this vibe. And I wonder if you guys are going to understand what I'm saying. Do you know, like back in the MySpace days, there were a lot of like jumping videos. So like you would watch a video and like at the end it would be like a monster. Oh yeah, like oh, a yeah. girl or something. Yeah, they're yeah. doing it now with spiders. Yes. So they can fuck okay. off. Yes, I've <laughs> I've learned that this is now a thing like jump videos on TikTok. But yeah, this these monsters have this like maybe not even just MySpace, just like internet vibe from the time of this movie. And I like it. Like I, I it's 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 like a throwback in a way. Maybe not a throwback you want, but it's a throwback you have. <laughs> have you seen anything else produced by Dark Castle um, during this time? So have you seen A House on Haunted Hill? Have any of you? Yeah. No. Yeah. this I'm getting the same vibes. I think anything they filmed in this, like the early 2000s, kind of all gave me the same vibe. Mm. Very good movie, though, I will say. Fun fact, the writer of the original House on Haunted Hill, which that movie is a remake of, who worked with you know, William Castle also wrote this movie. That's oh. why they had those same vibes. Interesting. You guys basically captured my feelings about this. Like originally I saw this movie when I was probably 10 and it was terrifying. Um, but now as a grown nearly 30 year old adult, it was not scary whatsoever. Um, there's scary ways to do ghosts and this is not it. I was going to ask, what are you doing watching this when you're 10? But I forgot uh, <laughs> your backstory yeah horror is for everyone Paris you're absolutely right there are definitely ways to portray ghosts in a really cool fashion I think I similar to the way I like my killers or monsters right like I prefer monsters to not really be seen or if they wear a mask I don't want to see what's beneath the mask so to speak um, and in that way this movie is kind of like typical haunted house fair I would have preferred it you know, there's some moments where you get to see the ghost, but then they flicker to like not being able to see them, but you just see everybody reacting to them. I think maybe that could have been a, a better way to go for me in terms of that. But for me, this felt like just another ghost movie, just kind of like, you know, um, The House on Haunted Hill or The Haunting, etc. But what about you guys? Does this actually truly stand out for you as a ghost movie? I mean, how could it not? It has maybe the most ghosts. It has all the ghosts. Yeah, it has all the ghosts. I feel like this is a ghost movie where they opted for quantity over quality. Um, and some things were sacrificed as a result of that. Like we didn't get any ghost backstories. There was very little, you know, insight into like who these ghosts are and why. Um, but as far as originality goes, I mean, like this guy has a mansion built with a bunch of ghosts trapped in the basement and then lures people into the house under false circumstances. That seems kind of original. Yeah. I mean, so to me, this movie is kind of two separate things. There's the story and then there's the ghosts. The ghosts are, it's an original ghost concept. I think the story is like the corniest thing in, in <laughs> walking ghosts in your basement. Not corny. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally cool. Like, you know, the Latin, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of different elements that I think are original, but then like you get this, like, just, just uh, corny is just the only word I can think of to describe the rest of the story. And I think that's what would maybe lose originality points for me. I mean, I thought this was pretty original. I think like what everyone said so far that it's, you know, lacking on certain things. You know, I wish this book would have been more like or what they were reading from and like, you know, where they're getting this information about the ghost. I feel like that was I wish that was in this more instead of everyone running around in the glass house. Um, for <laughs> But no, I, th I thought it was pretty original still either way. One thing that I feel like this movie did have that was very original was like the concept of like ghost rights, which Miss Honey was advocating for. Mm -hmm. This guy was like keeping these ghosts prisoner and she was like, that's not right. Like they're people. And he's like, they're dead people. And I was like, huh, I've never given that any thought. <laughs> Mm-hmm. People for the ethical treatment of poltergeists. <laughs> if you feel like this is the most ghosts you've seen in a movie, 
let me refer you to a uh, another John Carpenter film, The Fog, which is a bunch of ghosts. How about that? Uh, I feel like this movie was <laughs> like a mix of Ghostbusters and Casper and maybe The House on Haunted Hill, like trying to be like, you know, early 2000s edgy gory in a way. But I will say that it did do something well, and that was make me laugh at the very, 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 very end. What about you guys? It was the ending a quality one for you. I thought that the ending was um pretty straightforward. Um I did get a chuckle before the part that you're talking about Chris, which I also enjoyed. Um but like let's just say like the problem or like the conflict was resolved because a math teacher was able to count. Um and I thought that was pretty <laughs> ironic. That math teacher has jumps. Yeah. Um uh, but the ending was it was serviceable. It happened. I wasn't complaining about it. Um it wasn't stellar. It was. I gave it like a six out of ten, maybe. Would you say it was exactly on par with the rest of the movie? Ooh, that's tough to say. I feel like this had like a lot of ups and downs as far as like oh. quality goes. Oh. <laughs> I have so little feelings about the ending that I almost forgot what happened just now when you asked the question. I believe that. <laughs> you started talking about it, and I was like, "Huh," but not because I had little feelings, just because I was like, I think at that point, I'm like. There was, I was like a little confused on some stuff. I'm like, huh, not that I was thinking too much, but I was like, all right, I thought this was already established. Yeah. Like earlier, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm just imagining this ending, but. I think it was. When they give you the exposition twice. Yes. And they feel the need to re explain what they already explained that they already explained in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, I mean, besides that, I thought it was pretty good. I think it's just when. like especially me when I realize like you can tell when an ending this is going to be it it's going to be a happy not happy necessarily but you know it's going to fall in these parameters I kind of like I'm like all right let me check my phone <laughs> yeah it's like a, a neatly wrapped yeah pretty blah Mac would be so happy you think so you know me I'm always wrong <laughs> this feels like one of those and I think maybe it's because it's a family oriented movie in a sense first off did anybody get spy kids vibes no, but wasn't Tony Shalhoub in that? Yeah, he was. I watched all those, but didn't get those vibes. I, I didn't not get them. Okay. All right. <laughs> it felt like just silly, campy, like early 2000s, let's all go to the movies kind of vibe with just a, maybe a little bit too much gore, a little bit too much nudity. I don't know. I think when, I, when you look at this movie being rated R, I feel like there's very little in it that I feel like really earns that R rating. And I think that's what kind of disappoints me. But when you look at the the idea of like what the family goes through together etc it feels like one of those saturday morning like right after cartoons they put on a movie to bring the family together this feels like that kind of movie (laughs) Uh, maybe in the rojas household (laughs) oh no this would not suffice in the rojas household (laughs) texas chainsaw chris to your point um as we've been talking about this i actually just like a couple, I don't know, a few minutes ago, went and looked at what the rating was because I realized I didn't know. And I think you're right. It seems like like for it to be rated R, I feel like there should be more. Like we get such a nice first kill, you know? And I just wish, I I, I mean, I know you can't have more of the same kill, but that one was just so good. I feel like this movie got its R rating mostly from the language because uh, the my favorite character in the movie, played by Ra Digga, she dropped many f bombs. Uh, and her language was just like the only, like truly plausible character in the whole thing. I felt like she was the most relatable while I was watching it. Um, and I think really she was the reason it was rated R because she was just like fuck, fuck, fuck. This is fucking bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. And I was like, that's exactly right, Ra Digga. Also, them titties. That's pretty much it. Honestly, yeah, the titties too. Yeah, I thought the R rating was just exclusively because of the naked ghost walking around. Let her serve her look. So there's going to be some stuff that we need to unpack, some details that we need to get to. One of the things I want to talk about is just the idea of like the plot and the feasibility of all these things. But before we get into that, we need to start doing our ratings. So Alexis, how many people died in this movie? Ten. Solid ten and a gory ten. I'm very, very happy. What about the animal report? Dude, there's not even an animal in this movie, so we're good. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Now let's go ahead and start getting into it then. 13 Ghosts with a really interestingly spelled title from 2001 starring Matthew Lillard. Was it a hack or a slash? I have no problem giving this movie a hack first. Uh, I feel like uh, this may be the first of many. Uh, while I did enjoy this movie because it was fun and entertaining, it was also very stupid and very bad. Um, I think 
the complete lack of plausibility was to its detriment. Um, also, the utter absence of normal human behavior uh, that really didn't do anything for it. Outside of Radiga, everyone's actions made no sense. Uh, the motives were all questionable. Um, the ghosts were pretty solid. I feel like the ghosts were probably the best part of this movie, but even some of them were like pretty shitty. Uh, so overall, yeah, this gets this gets a hack. So, uh, as we said in the beginning, this was a movie that I picked, <laughs> and <laughs> I truly did regret that pick. This movie is like uh, network television horror is the best way I can describe it. And I think Chris was getting at this earlier, and I was totally going to agree. I just wanted to save it for my point here. It's like if ABC and NBC whatever one of those networks CW. yeah i feel like it's no cw can do better than this i actually Very feel true. like cw yeah. can do better than this because cw is like a little flies under the radar you know so they can hide some stuff they could do some like risky things sex, like yeah i mean like they would do the titties so yeah to me this is just like a, a, a bad scooby-doo movie i don't know i know that i'm being unrealistic um but it it just didn't do it for me it's a total hack it is not as good as I remembered it. And I even pretty much knew I was walking into this going, this is probably not that good. I know I saw it when I was like 13. Um, <laughs> I do have to say though, there's some visual elements in this that I do really, really enjoy. So it's not that there's nothing there. And if you have a kid who's into the concept of horror and is like maybe not gone there yet, like, and you want to start them out some way and they are cool with boobs, you can totally show them this movie. Like, uh, <laughs> It's a great intro, I feel like, but it's a heck. <laughs> and I feel like Alexis, you're going to slash this. Oh, do you know me or? I don't I feel it in my heart. <laughs> you feel it? Okay, this movie definitely has its flaws for yes. sure. And I don't know. I was trying to think like everyone was talking. I was like, oh, okay, that's valid. That's valid too. That's valid too. I was like, okay, well, why was I, why did I just thoroughly enjoy this movie so much compared to everyone else? And I think one, I think I have this like, when I first watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, it was so scary. So I have this like nostalgia about it. But I also think that like, I just thought it was like, I disbelief, like I, when I'm watching a movie, I, you guys know, I, I don't care if it's real or not. I don't need it to be grounded in anything. Yeah. And it just entertained me. I thought the pacing was great. I liked the gore. Um, the characters were questionable on why they were some of them were in this movie but i also thought they had some sort of entertainment value you also like rooms a lot yes you're, you're really into rooms yes and this visually <laughs> i loved i loved a lot of things about it so well i wouldn't say this is the strongest slash ever and it definitely doesn't make my top 10 or 15 or maybe even 20 horror movies i do like this sort of age in horror i do like the you know early 2000s pretty much in, in any movie so just give it to you know, slash it unfortunately but yeah i'm gonna give this a slash i knew it i knew it was coming i love that the grain of rice that tipped the scale that's alexis let me just preface by saying that ghost movies are really not my thing i liked the first paranormal activity for what it did and how, what it did in a fresher way um, you know, movies like The Conjuring, where it looks more into like, you know, spirits and possessions and things like that. Like, that's all interesting, but it's not. It's not the stuff that hits home for me, right? Like, I prefer that grounded in reality guy about to break into your house and kill your family. Like, that's just the kind of stuff that I prefer. So when I start looking at a ghost movie, I will start noticing its flaws. I think a lot sooner than I will for most other horror movies, and. I think that this movie does have some redeeming moments, right? Like Maggie as a character is great. Having Miss Honey in a horror movie, also great. Shout out to your little boy who was like a prototype podcaster, you know, with his little morbid death report. I liked that. <laughs> the people were likable. But ultimately, here's where it falls down for me. This movie is so poorly paced that it draws out all the wrong things and wastes time that could have been better spent in other ways, right? Um, there is a scene in this movie of a woman washing her face that is literally longer than most sex scenes in horror <laughs> movies. That's just the reality of it. And that's disappointing. Um, so for that, it gets a hack. But there you have it, folks. 13 Ghosts from 2001, sorry, Matthew Willard, has earned three hacks and one slash 
and Alexis is defending this movie's reputation. You can find this movie available for rent. Give it a watch. Join us in the second half because I have a feeling we're going to have some really fun discussion, uh, but we'll see you in a bit. Are you tired of just seeing ghosts in the movies? Would you like a close encounter of the paranormal kind? Then boy, have we got the place for you. Come on down to Mostly Ghostly, the only certified authentic ghost petting zoo and crematorium owned and operated by me, Cyrus Criticos. We've got all kinds of ghosts, spooky ghosts, sexy ghosts, ugly colonial ghosts, and even tiger ghosts. Now you might be thinking, Cyrus, is it ethical to keep these ghosts locked up in your basement and charge people admission to come see them up close? And if you are thinking that, then I know you've been listening to that bitch Kalina Oretzia, who, for the record, killed her partner Damon and fed him to the ghosts, and everybody in the ghost industry knows it. Anyway, come on down to Mostly Ghostly. We've got more than just ghosts, but it's mostly ghosts. All right, welcome back. 13 ghosts from 2001 has earned three hacks and one slash, which I'm sure Alexis will defend to the end. Now, before we start getting into why we rated this movie the way we did, before we you know, talk about its high points, slow points, etc., Alexis, what's up with the gore score? Oh, this one's pretty high, I thought, for something early 2000s. I mean, in my opinion, like I said, I don't remember the gore in this. And in the first scene, you got a truck that's like spewing out blood. Yeah. True. Like they're hunting a fucking shark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I was like, oh my God, I hope I like, I don't remember it being like this corny, like, but maybe it is. And then I was very pleasantly surprised that people were getting squished in between cars and like cut in half by doors. And (laughs) yeah, it was pretty cool. Chris, you got to tell us what's the new slice name. (laughs) Hear me out. So we have hamburger style. Right. When you're just cut in half horizontally mm-hmm. and we have hot dog style where you're cut in half vertically. Yeah. As we've seen in Terrifier, this lawyer was cut in half Subway sandwich style. Oh, uh. where you're cut in half vertically, but from the side because <laughs> they turn this up on the side and slice it. Oh, shit. Damn, I was like, <laughs> do I not get this? Now I get it. <laughs> I think if you wanted to go. uh less brand name this would be butterfly style it was like butterfly uh oh Ooh, he was yeah. butterfly for split sure breast. yeah he was oh lord actually is it jimmy john style ew i know a brand name but jimmy john's like they actually cut all the way through the bread versus a butterfly would be cutting it in half but still connected on the other side right oh, that is very true true for you it's absolutely jimmy john style yeah yeah i know i think that was like to me and you guys have met, met, said it before like before the spoiler break um was how real that looked i mean to me it didn't look i mean and i was like looking pretty hard i'm like all right the skulls there like yeah they got a good cross-section of the skull yeah, yeah. i've studied cross-sections of skulls a lot yeah <laughs> it, they, it looks pretty good in this one it's very satisfying and it didn't look cheesy and it didn't look and i think now it's so weird i think we're going making a comeback to shitty cgi mm-hmm. because recently um i've been watching riverdale and i started castle rock two completely different genres and literally fire is cgi which i get but i'm not used to fire being cgi yeah or I, and not being able to tell. tell but yeah i yeah. know I really loved all the gore in this from that. And then you're just, I mean, this first scene and then you're having like the look on all of these ghosts. I mean, it's super iconic. And I think it's just what scared me when I was younger. I was like, oh my gosh, look at all this sort of stuff. But um, I I feel like some of the gore comes from like the amount of blood and like different looks too. not necessarily just the kills, mm -hmm. you know, like that bloody bathroom, that bloody bloody bathtub. Mm, mm, That was a good one. I really like that one. And then I was just I was just upset because I was like, okay, is this girl in the tub confused, scared? Which you guys would say was a flaw because <laughs> I would just be like, oh, I just didn't know whether she was confused and why the girl was uh, taking water out of her bathtub. <laughs> the disrespect in this household, as Ryan would say. <laughs> so true. I did like that scene, though. I also like that scene. Would you like to know her backstory? Yes. Oh, Chris, do you have all the backstories? Because you did research. I do have all the backstories. Because she was my favorite ghost. I feel like we should all talk about favorite kills and favorite ghosts. Oh, yeah. Let's go with your favorite ghost. (laughs) That works. That works. So 
She was called the Angry Princess in the Black Zodiac. Dana Newman was a beautiful but abused lady who lived in the later 1900s. She had plastic surgeries to alter her perceived flaws. And after a botched experiment that mutilated her eye, she brutally killed herself in a bathtub at the clinic. Her ghost often carries blood, is naked, and carries the same knife she used to commit suicide. I love that even more. Just like a plastic surgery botched narrative, and then she's just like a sexy ghost for the rest of her life. I ain't mad at that at all. She was actually one of the two ghosts that I remembered from my childhood because I'd never seen like Obviously, like, my exposure to boobs was limited when I was 10, um, but also just, like, naked bleeding boobs was, that was definitely a first for me at that age. Sounds like a kink. Ew, uh, I hope nobody has that as a kink. Somebody does. Wait, do you get to our factor fiction? Ew. (laughs) (laughs) I did like the jackal. I think the jackal was, and it seemed like he was the ringleader. Was he not? Yeah. He was number 11 of 12. For me, I feel like the way they illustrate these ghosts, he was supposed to be the scariest, right? But he wasn't the last one. And they're supposed to be scarier and scarier and scarier the further you go up. So the juggernaut, the guy that got in the junkyard, is supposed to be Uh like the worst ghost. Mm. I don't know, though. I feel like the jackal was way worse. Yeah, I I think you see the like jackal more. The juggernaut was just like an old guy to me. And then just showed up, I feel like, like once or twice. Yeah, he looked like a white walker. The jackal was the one with the cage on her face. Mm-hmm. She reminded me of Linda Blair the whole time. I was like, that's Linda Blair with the cage on her face. Mm, you know, the jackal's real name is actually Ryan. Ooh, that's representation. Nice. We like that. Is it spelled in an annoying way, though? No, 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 no. His name is just regular old Ryan. Okay, good. Just making sure. But he was born to a prostitute. Oh, I definitely misgendered that ghost. I apologize. It's okay. I have to be honest with you. I've thought it was a woman forever, even though I know it's not a woman. It's like, again, I think it's because of that internet thing. Like, it looks like a girl internet monster from 2001. Yeah, yeah. It's the long nails and the long hair. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but there was like a maze that you would do like in like a web browser game. And like as you got to the end of the maze, like something that looked like that would jump on the screen. And that's like exactly what I thought of when you brought that up. It's exactly what I'm referring to. Or the spot, (laughs) the difference between the two freaking identical photos. I hated that. Yeah. And you just stare at it. (laughs) Can I just ask this question? What websites were we on? Because like now I know like every type of website I go to. Like I don't just be on random stuff. What were these sites we were on? Because I know I used to go on these like random like sites to get stuff during this time and that's where you would find something like this e-bombs world yes what a great website that was i'm not even sure what that means <laughs> none of you are probably going to care about this but there's a whole website of just eli manning making faces and just people that make stuff like that make my heart happy that's all <laughs> can we actually go through each of the deaths because it uh, i mean maybe i'm being silly here but i can't remember all 10 yeah i was surprised that it was 10 i think the majority come from the junkyard actually okay that makes sense yeah yeah we do do. get a bunch of the beginning okay 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 that makes a lot more sense just like randos and the lawyer yeah the lawyer then you have uh, miss honey yeah i like that you guys have strictly referred to her as miss honey (laughs) i have a theory about miss honey because honestly these two films, Matilda and 13 Ghosts, could take place in the same timeline where, you know, Miss Honey adopted Matilda, became absolutely fascinated by a child with telekinetic supernatural abilities, went to the library, looked up all the books on paranormal shit, and then just started like spiraling until she became this ghost activist. I would love that, but I want to believe that Miss Honey would not have fallen for Cyrus. Yes. She's too, oh, her heart is just so warm. What do you mean fallen for Cyrus? They were kissing like she did those favors for him because she was like into him. Wait, they kissed? I definitely missed that. Earlier I was making a face. And so maybe we can, this is probably jumping ahead a little bit because we still haven't really finished deaths or everything. But we were talking about the twist and Paris is like, what twist? Yes. So the twist, Paris, is that she's not actually a ghost activist. She's actually working for Cyrus. Oh. And she's trying to complete his his mission yeah it seemed like she was trying to break in to help them get out yeah okay she was she was like playing the family to be like oh no i'm just here to set them free yeah but really she was here to just like get everything that he wanted done which i have to be honest i really don't even know quite what his goal was like i know he had this whole thing but like what was the ultimate his ultimate goal is to be the most powerful man in the world because that machine powered by all those ghosts would allow him to see the future 
Mm, right. Uh, Plausible, sure. My eyes are rolling very hard. Explained twice in an exposition and it still didn't resonate. So there you go. They didn't. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> okay, so I guess I could see that being the twist. Um, I was very confused. I was like, when did she like switch sides? Like, Also, I was very confused about the timeline of this whole movie. Was the house already built at the time of the junkyard scene? Yes. He had been in the process of collecting everything. Okay. Because it seemed like there was a long period of time between when he died and like when the lawyer came to be like, hey, your uncle's dead. Come to this mansion. I mean, that was just like a scene or so. It was like however much time it took him to fake his death. Yeah, I guess that's, so. That's, that's it. <laughs> I will say in terms of the death, the, the lawyer had my favorite death. But I think it was also because it was one of the funniest because of that damn look on his face. Like, had he not had that like shock, like, <gasps> it would have been really great. It would have like really reinvigorated this movie with a, a sense of tone that was appropriate for its R rating. But he did, had that damn look on his face and I couldn't help but laugh, laugh at it. Yeah, there was a lot of goofiness like feeling in this movie for me. Later on, Ra Digga actually says, did the lawyer split? Yep. And I thought that was a really underrated joke. Miss Maggie doesn't do windows. That was great, too. She was the best part of this movie. So uh, let's go favorite ghosts for everyone. I said mine, the jackal. I love the sexy ghost, sexy princess, the angry princess. She was the best one. So my heart is torn, uh, not like the torn prince, but I love the jackal because I like the idea of like the Charlie Manson of ghosts in this house but i also really like the torso because we only saw it for a very brief moment yes that was gonna be my second choice that's also a pretty like solid gimmick like oh i'm just a torso that's my thing yeah the idea of just a torso being a ghost is is a lot it's a lot to take in (laughs) the cgi is just so high you got killed by a torso (laughs) that's it just a torso wrapped in saran wrap two nipples and two arms So what's interesting is like some of these ghosts aren't even aggressive or violent. The great child and the dire mother, they're not like vicious, like violent ghosts. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also like Arthur's wife, like she just is there. Yeah. She was actually somewhat helpful. Yeah. So in this movie, there are definitely, I think one thing that miss that I miss with the ghosts is that like, there's like half of them that don't have an impact in this movie at all. So like, if you're going to have 13 ghosts, I kind of want them all to have their own moment. Um, but I think for me, the hammer is my favorite. He's like the most like menacing and he's, he's just like a, it's, it's almost like um, the green mile, like such a big person that would be frightening in general. And then to have like nails and stuff in your head, that one, that one had to be my favorite. Could you imagine you being in the position of Cyrus when he's like dying for real, for real, and you have all these ghosts just looming over you. Ew, I hated that. Yeah, no. If you look up this movie, that's like the only image on Google Images. It's just all of them. Earlier I mentioned that there were only two things that I remembered from this movie, and it was two of the ghosts. One of them obviously was the sexy cute ghost, but the other one was like the giant old baby ghost. Because something about like adult babies like really makes me want to die and like rip my skin off. Wow. It gave me like awesome powers vibes oh yeah his story is actually pretty cool i'm looking at it right now the old baby baby. Mm -hmm. did anybody else like have to do the math and be like wait do those two count as two of the ghosts and then at the end tony shalhoub like counts them and he's like wait there's not 13 ghosts i'm the 13th ghost and i was like didn't miss honey already explain that to you yeah we were all like wait uh yeah yeah, you told us that i also don't get the leap that he made Right. So Cyrus dies. You can presume that Cyrus is a ghost, but he's looking at this. He's counting them. But if I'm the 13th ghost looks off into the distance, they had already said in this exposition, right, that like the the ghost has to be a death that was made out of pure love and sacrifice, not the manner in which Cyrus died. So like, why the fuck would you even assume that he would be the 13th ghost? Like, why is suddenly like questioning it? Also, like. From a physical standpoint, that leap was real unrealistic. That man is not athletically inclined, okay? (laughs) I'm telling you right now, Monk does not have a lot of athleticism in his life. (laughs) And he just timed it perfectly to jump between all these, like, rings that are flying around. And that's where, like, the, the, like, ABC network horror television thing comes in for me. It kind of reminded me of Charmed. It was, like, that vibe. Yeah, thinking about all the deaths in this movie... I wish at least one of the kids or him had died because I feel like there are no real stakes in this movie. So true. That is true. 
the references you sent over. I thought that was pretty cool reading them. We should definitely put these in our show notes. But I'm like interested. I'm like reading them all. Like, and I'm gonna be honest with you. It's actually scarier reading them, which goes back to our point. They should have put more about them in this, which I think would have stand the test of time a little bit more and just made it a little bit more creepy, not just, oh, it's a person in like, you know, the in the thing, but it's like he clearly was insane and got out of the straitjacket. So that's why he had that on his head, which I thought that's, that's, I, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to bed tonight with nightmares. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> you know, and I'm for sure not even saying like, take me through all 12 ghosts up front, but you know, looking at a, a few added details here and there, even if we didn't ever really figure out what was up with, you know, the dire mother and the great child, even if we didn't really know the story behind the torso, give us something about the prominent ghost that you're having harassing all these people. I will say that my favorite scene in this movie, the closest I get to having a favorite scene, uh, the, the flashing back and forth with the angry princess was a little bit too much for me. It was like very like, oh my gosh, am I going to have a seizure watching this movie? However... When we had the jackal in the hallway and it still flashed a little bit too much, but I appreciated that because of what it did for the skepticism in Arthur and his daughter, right? So they're suspicious. They don't really believe in any of this. And then suddenly she just gets dragged and you go between seeing the jackal and not seeing the jackal, you know, based on their different character perspectives. I really enjoyed that, especially when we see the marks that the jackal is putting on her body. That was my favorite. Well, what about you guys? I'm going to like continue on with that. My favorite scene is the later half of that scene when they're dragging her and they're kind of fighting and no kidding. Like it, you're seeing it from her perspective and you're just seeing this like per like this ghost to me, it's a person walking down <laughs> ghosts are people too, but it's like terrifying. Like I was just watching. I was like, if I were her, I'd probably be peeing my pants right now or something or screaming. It was terrifying seeing that, but I love the, like the reverse of it and seeing it from her perspective visually i thought that was great yeah mine is um a kind of similar i have like a collection of things that i enjoyed seeing in this movie and it's one the house i think the house is really really cool and i think that that's oh, yeah. probably where a lot of like yeah budget and like thought went for this movie where i would have rather gone to other places like hiring other actors or writers <laughs> yeah so i really liked the house i really actually loved like the flashing back and forth between a few different things between in the bathroom scene um i love like seeing the blood and then it going away i like the flashing between the different perspective of having the glasses on and not having the glasses on and then of course i loved looking at the monsters especially when they would like walk down the hallways and you see them empty and then put glasses on and then you can see the monsters just standing there um, I liked all of that stuff a lot. It was really fun to watch. I didn't like, as far as the house goes, like the, uh, mechanics of all of that. Like, and, and I think sometimes like the, the concept of where people were in the house didn't really make sense. Like all of a sudden these people were next to these people and on top of these people. And like, it was all very strange. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That whole, just walking a straight line, turn around, meet back in five. You've made so many fucking turns. Yeah, and like going upstairs and then like the basement and I, I don't know, there's a bunch of stuff, but that house is such a cool thing to see and to look at and as it like continues to lock down from the outside, I love that. Yeah, the house was definitely cool. It reminded me of like a magic trick of some sort and also gave me like Da Vinci Code vibes where it was just like yep. mechanics and puzzles and stuff. It gave me the mummy vibes and I have no idea why. Yeah. Oh, because it was similar. Like you like light a torch and then a, like a bunch of things happen. Yeah. Press, press a, a button. button and a door. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like to note this whole thing has started literally from picking up a briefcase. And it's like, I feel like for such a huge machine, we could have had more elements of like when someone, you know, opens this door and lifts this up, it adds this element. Like, you know, that type of thing. This was a really big labyrinth of technology and a mechanical house and it's all literally just one person picking up a briefcase like dang it would have really sucked if he didn't pick up that briefcase it did actually start when he turned the key to open it okay yes two elements yeah but then the second <laughs> one was the briefcase and then from there it was like other things started happening and there were no apparent triggers and it was yeah. like, what? why is this yeah incrementally the doors will open and like you had this concept of timing but then all of a sudden five opened in a very short span of yeah. time and it was just like all right well here we are they gave up on that real quick it's yeah. okay it's okay just 
suspension. Just go with it. (laughs) Just go with it. I can only go so far with it. We're in a giant death trap. I think it's funny, Alexis, because sometimes you're on board with just go with it, but then sometimes not. And we're all that way. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends on like how you feel. Not consistent. Yeah. Ryan, I was actually reminded of you during this movie because truly what set this whole thing in motion was a man moving his family into a house full of ghosts. And I was like, oh, Ryan's not going to be pleased with this. Yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah, we'll just go in here. Like, this seems normal. They also moved in the dead of night with nothing. They didn't bring anything. Yeah, they were just going to check out the house. They weren't, like, trying to move. But also just, like, sell that house immediately and never go inside. I mean, you'd still have to, like, sign paperwork over for it. And, you know, looking at, like, the financial, like, anguish that whole family had been in. Would you live in that house? Yeah. Chris, you would live in that house? Hell yeah, I would. I get some curtains, but yes. <laughs> just learn those. Uh, Make sure you know how to write that Latin prayer. Make sure you know how to write that just in case some glass breaks or something. Safe flight repair, safe flight replace. <laughs> what I was going to say, Paris, is like, you also have to remember that the lawyer was in on it. So he's like pushing them. Because yeah. remember, they, they were kind of apprehensive. And he's like, no, it's just a couple hours. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere a couple hours, spur of the moment. It's just not happening. I'm not like yeah. a get in the car for a couple hours kind of girl. Also, just like do it in the daytime. Yeah. It wouldn't have been as fun, you know? Yeah. Chris, you, I think we're going to say something about Shannon Elizabeth. Let me just tell you, I do not like watching her act. I don't know what else she's been in. Well. A scary movie. Yeah. There it is. That's that whole series of movies I've never seen. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the movies that she's acted in are, they have a certain type of, I'll explain some of them in a minute. But if you click TV shows under her name, the first one is called Live Nude Comedy. And I don't think I need to read any more past that. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as movies, it's American Pie. Yeah, that's where she's from. Scary too. Movie. Um, This, Jack Frost. She was in love, actually. It's just, I know her face, not because I should, but because it it just doesn't. She it plays just a doesn't. typical character yeah, in every movie. Very much so. Oh, like Matthew Lillard? Like everyone else in this movie, honestly. Like it's <laughs> the kid. Don't be giving the kid. Okay, shit, the kid's okay? cool. The kid and the <laughs> nanny are cool. Like they're chilling. Even Cyrus. I I guess, but also Cyrus. I feel like. I mean, I don't know what else he's been in, but he seems like it, that, that character all the time. Oh no, yeah, I'm saying Cyrus plays the same thing in everything. He's oh, in okay, a, okay. He's in a show called Mythic Quest on Apple TV Plus, and he plays that just like 20 years older. Yes. Oh, how funny! Yeah, I've never just seen old him. eccentric kook. It's just like classic 2001 casting, I think. And it's it, okay. It just you'll see the same crazy. in you know House on Haunted Hill. You'll see the same. Yeah, in same type of thing. What ghost ship? <laughs> house of uh, how not House of Wax. Can we That's get like bit. good ghost movies? Hold on a second, because House on Haunted Hill had Tay Diggs in it, and Tay Diggs was great in that Ooh. movie. Oh, Tay he Diggs was, was great yeah. Always, yeah, I'll take Tay Diggs in everything. I don't know who that is. House on Haunted Hill was a better remake of House on Haunted Hill than this was of Thirteen Ghosts. I would watch Tay Diggs clean his house. Yeah. I'd pay three ninety nine. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. y'all know how much I hate paying for movies. Yeah. I say that to say. I'll watch him do anything. <laughs> so while there are some cool things about this movie, and while Shannon Elizabeth was not one of the cool things about this movie, <laughs> there is what I think was the worst decision that went behind this whole thing, right? It was the way they chose to portray the ghosts and the mechanism by which they portray them, right? So the glasses. Have you guys heard anything about the original 13 ghosts? Nothing at all. So there was a gimmick when the movie aired in theaters that the theater gave audience members glasses so they could see the ghost. Awesome. I love that. I actually thought about this being a 3D movie. But this movie was like, oh, let's keep that only one detail from that uh, that movie, (laughs) except put their characters need glasses to see that. And like the glasses weren't cool looking. Like it, it reminded me of fucking Spy Kids and I've never seen Spy Kids, but I guess it came out around the same time. But I think the glasses are what really ruined it for me because there are clearly plenty of glasses in the house, but like not everybody had them. And then they're like fighting over them. And it was just like this unnecessary thing. Like I would have rather them be visible in some other kind of way where they're mostly invisible throughout the film. And you see the havoc they wreak with like little glimpses of what they look like. I feel like we saw too much of it for it to like really stick with me. I think the glasses are really cool. I'm here to defend a different side of this one. (laughs) I liked it. maybe not the glasses themselves but the ability to let us see from different perspectives and see the ghost and not see the ghost so maybe you're right maybe it should have been done a different way but the glasses didn't bother me actually 
the weirdo lights in there. The the little alien lights inside were not necessary. I didn't hate the glasses either, but there was a scene where um, the daughter was like terrified of what she was seeing, but wasn't in any actual danger, but didn't think to just take the glasses off. And now I was like, well, you, you could just take them off and continue. Well, she your doesn't day. know. But also, how could they see the mother at the end of the movie without glasses? Because she was set free. I have no idea. <laughs> it was made of love. I didn't notice that. I think at the end they were all visible, like they leaving. made themselves visible. That's what it was. Weren't they like all being? None of Something. us know. Taking some real good liberties here. <laughs> Nobody knows. I think at that point in the movie, we just our disbelief had had been expelled. We weren't really asking questions anymore. I do love the idea of a black zodiac. That part, like the whole scene where Miss Honey was explaining everything, like the lore about it and like going through that ancient tome. That's when I actually kind of really liked the movie most because I feel like that's where we got the most backstory. And then I love astrology as it is now. So the idea of like being like a black zodiac of ghosts, I was like, ooh, this is fun. Like, what's my black zodiac sign? Yeah, I do want to know what the Capricorn translates to. I'm just going to say sexy stab ghost. Because she was my favorite. No, it's the vengeful ghost. (laughs) Can I tell you if there's anything that I hate in a movie, it's like an ancient book that tells you stuff. So you don't like anything, Stephen King. (laughs) I mean (laughs) it's like the like ancient uh it's in some different language and I have to like figure it out like uh, I'm good. Although the chanting, when they started chanting, oh, man, that was like... It was creepy. Spook- yeah, it was really spooky. And that is a pretty typical trope, like an ancient tome that has all the answers that only one person can read. And somehow the pages don't yeah. disintegrate and they don't have to wear gloves when they wear it because the oils are not going to damage the book at all. <laughs> Again. You can't even touch paintings that are younger than these books. Don't ask questions, Chris. <laughs> Look, hey, I think I do a pretty good job of not asking a lot of questions through a lot of movies. However, this one just like paints this world and then trips over itself along the way yeah there were a lot of trips. agree but maybe they laminated the the (laughs) (laughs) did that look laminated to you she cut off the edges like (laughs) non-glossy laminated and trimmed it's matte this one was actually not even that offensive like but in general like please leave that part of your movie at home we don't need that leave that in the 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 rough draft just watch a YouTube video on whatever you're trying to figure out. That'll be like the new ancient tome is like people watching YouTube. Hey, hold on. I think I saw someone on YouTube about this. Hold on. Let me figure it out. Let me pull out this external hard drive of all the shit I downloaded on LimeWire back in the 2000s. Yes. <sighs> that would be amazing. Why is LimeWire never a part of horror movies? That's true. That is actually horror. <laughs> all right, Alexis, let's go uh, find unfriended dark web and have Ryan sit through that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I don't want to be a part of that. I like a I like a up to date horror, you know. Let's get some technology in here that is realistic, not an iPhone four. I feel like at the time this was very like technology meets horror, but they kind of just took some liberties with what that technology was. Yeah, those gears. That was like we think technology will look like this twenty years from now. Glass house. <laughs> what does it look like twenty years from now? Not that glass house is very hot, a lot like a greenhouse. So we've talked a lot about the backstories of these ghosts. We've talked a lot about uh, what Shannon Elizabeth has been in. And we've talked about the Matthew Lillard of it all, as Paris would say. But I think there's a lot left to learn in our fact or fiction. In Mac's absence, I have prepared some. You ready to get started? No. I'm ready. Number one. Let's talk about the torso. You know, the gambling ghost. The effect for the torso was achieved with a double amputee wearing a special black hood so they could digitally remove his head. Fact. That's, um... Fact. Sure. Fiction. It's a fact. What in the world? I know. I know. I know. That is some chaos. Right? It did surprise me in this. I mean, all actors need work, so I'm glad. Let's talk about another ghost. Let's talk about the angry princess. Uh, You know, actually, it took, you know, over five hours to do the makeup for her. But let's talk about who portrayed her. Mm. She was portrayed by a porn actress, Aria Giovanni, under the pseudonym Shauna Lawyer. Fact, I'm obsessed with this idea. It needs to be true. Fiction. Think you're making up the name. I was going to say, if this was Mac, I'd definitely say fiction because we there's too many names in there. But I'm going to go fact. It's fiction. Oh, Chris, Dang why did you do that to me? It was a legitimate rumor. But let's go into another play on this. There is an adult parody of this film that exists, and it's titled 13 Erotic Ghosts. 
that does actually star that porn actress Arya Giamani, and it also crosses over with Scooby-Doo in honor of Matthew Lillard. Mm, I have to say fiction, that's too much. But that probably means it's true because it's porn. That's what they do. Fact, yeah. I'm saying fact too. Porn gets ridiculous. It is fiction. Most of that is true, but it does not cross over with Scooby-Doo. Thank you. (laughs) There was 13 neurotic ghosts, and she definitely is in it. The Scooby-Doo is really what would have taken it too far. (laughs) I wanted to spice it up a little bit, you know? Uh, So let's go back to another character who's not a ghost. Let's go with Maggie. Rod Degas. She was actually originally intended to be the mole instead of Miss Honey. If this story was written, like if her character was written and she was going to be the mole, that would be silly. I'm going fiction. Yeah, fiction. I'm going to say fiction because the scene where she kind of saves the day by just like pulling a remix on that technology board really played into the fact that she's also a musician and then performed a song during the closing credits. So that feels like too good for that to be true. I'm so sorry it is true. That was actually the original plan. Well, they made a good choice then. Your last one here. This film actually is pretty historic. It is the first film from a major American studio featuring three Arab American leads. I'm uh... Maybe Elizabeth something. I'm going to say fiction only because I can't think of who the third may be. Oh, wait, maybe the son. I'm going to say fact. Fact. It's a fact. That's going to be Shannon Elizabeth, Tony Shalhoub, and F. Murray Abraham. Well, there we go. Very interesting. Shannon Elizabeth does have, like, really nice olive skin. Now, that is as interesting as this movie gets. At least it goes down in the history (laughs) books for a positive thing. All right, folks, we've we've said a lot about... uh, 13 Ghosts, and while we didn't compare it to its remake as we did with House of Wax, that could be worth a watch as well. In that movie, there was like a a love plot between the lawyer and Shannon Elizabeth's character. Things get a little spooky. I think the the ghosts are supposed to be a little bit more menacing, but also it's the 1960s, so how scary can they really be? Thank God we didn't do a versus on this. That would have been miserable. Thank you for your mercy this week, Chris. (laughs) Oh, that's only because it was Ryan's pick. We thought about it. Thank you, Ryan. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, there you have it. 13 Ghosts from 2001 earned three hacks and one slash, which is, hey, at least it's not a tiebreaker because that would have been a little bit messy this week. We've talked a lot about our feelings, and we do know that although this movie got like a one star in a few directories, uh, there are bound to be folks out there who do, like Alexis, enjoy this film maybe for even more than nostalgic reasons. So we want to hear your voice and we want to know what's up with your thoughts. You can reach out to us a number of ways, starting with our website, hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also hit us up at the Hackerslash hotline. You can text us, call us, leave us a voicemail or an audio message. Our number is 757-606-0128. And if you or someone you know remembers what Max says at this point in the podcast, let us know. At feedback at hackerslash.com. Yeah, that. (laughs) Also, if you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, consider becoming one of our patrons. Check out patreon.com slash hack or slash where you can earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. We'll see you next time. Bye.